Matt, what's up, bro? Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad uh, we got connected. I, I enjoy doing these. Where are you calling me from? I'm down here in Tampa, Florida. Oh, I'm actually looking to move down there in February. No, are you? Yeah, Tampa, Clearwater area. I want to come down there. Okay. Why? why? Just I'm yeah. so over New York. I've been here my entire life. Uh, yeah. I hate the cold weather. I hate other things going on here. So I love Florida, man. I just yeah, think Florida's it's dope great. down there. Best and worst thing about living in Florida? Oh, man. The summers are hot, buddy. <laughs> that's the, I would say that's the worst thing. All right. Um, I mean, the best thing is, especially in the Tampa area, you know, you, we're, you're close to the beach. You're close to the airports. You're close to Orlando and Disney. I mean, you're a quick flight to Miami. It's just a really great central location that um, doesn't feel like a huge city. I mean, it's getting bigger, but it doesn't yeah, feel yeah. like a city. What's cooler, being on your first baseball card, your first video game, or having your own bobblehead? Ooh. Well, I was on my – actually, it was funny. I was on my first video game in college. Oh, no shit. Really? Okay. Yeah, so they did one year, and it happened to be that year, 2005 – they had uh, like EA Sports had a PlayStation college baseball game, Ooh. and there was a few guys that were like on the co- on different covers, and I was on one of the covers. Oh, you were on the cover? Okay, so you yeah, bought yeah. that. That wasn't just a player in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that man, that has to be the coolest, isn't it? That that was pretty cool. Being in college, <laughs> you know, being on a video game like that, that was pretty cool. And then obviously, you know, I would say your baseball card is right there too. Do you have them displayed anywhere? The video game? Both. No, so I don't. I, I actually don't. I oh. have. I know. You know, my wife, I love my wife. We 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 built a house and I was like, you know, all right, cool. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put uh all this stuff in an office. No, we're we're gonna do the office how I want to do it. Oh, okay. All right, cool. I'll put this stuff uh in the boys' room. The boys will love it. Nah, we're going to go uh, Peter Pan thing. No, okay. So I, I just stuck all my stuff in boxes, and I hung the rest of it in uh, in in, uh, in, the, in the garage. Like, I hung my jerseys in garage. You know, I was like, well, at least I'll hang them up somewhere. So Speaking of jerseys, have you ever seen anyone wearing one of your jerseys or your shirts at a game or out somewhere? Um, you know, when I was playing, I saw him. Of course, of course. Did you approach them? Did you do anything different or no? No, no. How about now? If you saw someone rocking it now? Yeah, you know, (laughs) I probably, I don't know what I would do, but, but I, you know, it's funny. A couple, a couple weeks ago, I was at a, an event and I introduced myself to this guy and, and, uh, he goes, oh, Matt Laporta. Huh. Man, there was a baseball player named Matt Laporta. And I was like, really? And I just kind of was going with it. And then I was like, all right, man, I'm busting your balls. It, that was me. And he's like, oh, my gosh, dude. He was at a Rays game. He goes, he goes, I'm going to show you this photo. You you jumped in the stands and you almost, as you were jumping, you almost hit me and my group that we were there. And we took photos of it because the other guys were, like, getting out of the way. It was uh, it was pretty funny. It that's was a, sick. Yeah, it was a touching moment for me. I was like, man, that that's cool. Thank you for sharing that. Before we talk baseball, were you a bike rider? Were you like, was it a Tour de France speed guy or you a BMX guy? Because someone said you were a bike rider. I rode BMX. And how does that work? Because I know you were, because I knew you were state champion. So I wasn't sure if it was like 
different kind of biking. How do you get judged with that? How do you like compete with that? How do you advance in that? Yeah, yeah. So you, I mean, you, you rate, you know, I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've seen BMX tracks. Of course. Yeah. So you race BMX tracks and you have meets and, you know, you'll go to like, they'll rank you throughout the year. And then you start going to, let's call it a sectional. Yep. You win that or what, you know, top five finish or whatever it is. Then you go to like regionals and kind of quarterfinals, finals, that kind of deal. And then you, you know, and that's how you end up getting judged and, and winning because there's no tricks or anything, right? It's just straight. Oh, is that, that was actually my next question. How'd you go from just being a regular dude just to get into BMX? And it seems like a weird thing. Not many people get into it. Well, I was a young kid. I mean, I was young when I did it. Um, my grandfather bought me my first bike and was like, hey, I heard of this BMX thing. You guys should do it. And I was like, all right, sounds fun. And my parents took me and, you know, for a few years, I just got really into it. And uh, yeah, it was a cool, it was a cool ride. And baseball growing up, who was your team and who was your guy growing up? Yeah, great question. I grew up a Cubs fan. Oh, so my my fam, my dad's family was all from Chicago, which they were all from the south side of Chicago, which you would think I'd be a Sox fan. Um, but we just grew up a Cubs fan. I think part of it because they're from Chicago and the other part was WGN was on yeah. every day when you come home from school. So that's all I'd watch is WGN. And so probably growing up, it was different phases of my life but probably the first phase was probably you know sammy sosa um kind of second phase was probably albert Pujols. okay okay and you know and kind of in there after that you'd have like manny ramirez was a guy that i loved watching hit uh and adrian beltre those were the guys that i watched hitting and who i really tried to emulate my swing after how crazy is that Cubs fan, and then you get drafted. First of all, you're the biggest show up in the world getting drafted three times. We'll talk about that, yeah. <laughs> which is which is insane. High school, getting drafted by the Cubs. I know it was like the 14th round. How do you not be like, that's my childhood team. I'm going there. Like, how does – was that difficult? Yeah, it was tough, man. You know, all I ever wanted to do was play, uh, play professional sports. Sure. And, you know, I get drafted by the Cubs, and my, my, my grandfather – who was from Chicago, he was, he was kind of basically on his way out, like dying, unfortunately. Okay. And it was like, man, so I had that felt like that little bit of a way, like, man, like a sign. He could see me be in a Cubs uniform. Um, but I had a college coach. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It was really hard. Like we kind of negotiated all the way up until school started. Wow. And um, you know, ultimately I, I turned it down obviously and then uh but what my college or my high school coach who is the who's now the head baseball coach for fgcu dave tillet he goes man if you can't get better and go to college and improve your draft status and by going to college you were never going to make it to the big leagues anyway that's interesting i was like oh sounds good to me let's go to college so <laughs> But, but you batted 450. You had a bunch of home runs. But weren't now? I'm um, listen. Obviously, I'm not the scout. But 450 in high school, you would think higher than the 14th round, wouldn't you? Were you uh, projected, or were you checking mocks to see if you were going to go higher? Yeah. So I, I there was talk that I would be like a top five rounder. Okay. 
you know. Um, but I don't think I really came onto the scene until I was a senior um, from that perspective. So you weren't scouted as heavy as like a younger guy. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, I mean, you had guys like Jared Saltamachia, you know, had a great big league career. You had guys like Lastings Millage, mm-hmm. you know, th- you know, those guys were guys that I played against that were all in my, you know, class. Um, you know, Sean Rodriguez. Uh, yeah. So I just don't think I was, I was from a small little town. I didn't do a lot of showcases. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people might've got a little fearful that I was, you know, I was going to university of Florida, right? Like big school in the sec. My mom went there. It was kind of, it, it, you know, teams might've got a little fearful. I'm a Kentucky basketball fan, so I'm disgusted you went to Gainesville. I think it's gross. But did <laughs> any other school have a shot at you or no? You know, I was. it's interesting, right? The only other school that I thought about going to was Miami. I just like the way the – The culture and everything, right? The culture, the Miami vibe, the swag that Miami always had. Just that was – really resonated with me. But I used to be a catcher, and so the the catcher they had was Eric San Pedro, and he was only going to be a sophomore, I think, if I came in as a freshman. So now I'm going to be sitting. You know, I didn't yeah. know enough about the game, but I was like, I'm going to be sitting behind this guy for two years before I get my shot. I'm not doing that. Little did I know, it's like, man, you could go play other positions, just <laughs> just hit. Um, and so, so that kind of was a deterrent for me not to go there, and then. I signed at UF. Like I said, my mom went there. It was really cool. You know, when I did my visit, I was like, I'm not going to college anyway. It doesn't matter. And if I do, <laughs> UF's all right. We'll go there. And so that's kind of how that worked out. But I mean, I had letters to go to LSU, Kentucky, Clemson. Wow. The only place that I'd really, I did not get a letter from to go, you know, do a visit was Florida State. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. They just never, and I, and I've got tons of Florida state friends and people that are on the trustees there. And they're like, man, I can't believe you, you know, they like, why didn't you go to Florida state? I was like, dude, they never recruited me. You went to Florida at this insane time with basketball oh. and, and football. Did you watch untold swamp Kings? I did. I did. As a, a fellow athlete and you weren't a, listen, it's baseball, basketball, football, you know, those are the big three at schools. Do you remember the t- – obviously you remember, but do you remember it like vividly with Leak, Tebow, Percy Harvin? Do you remember those times? Oh, yeah. yeah well, do, a, do you go to a lot of games there? Yeah. I mean, in, in, when I was in college, I was going every every game. You know, we'd go to football and basketball. And, you know, we were pretty close with a lot of those guys in the basketball and football team. And um, it was just a great time to be a Gator athlete, you know. I mean, I remember – I don't know when it was either my junior or senior year. I gave, you know, we used to have scooters. Um, everybody, all the athletes had scooters right okay. around because campus, campus was so big. So I remember giving Tebow a ride back to his dorm after whatever it was. I don't know. We must have been at the weight room or something together and gave him a ride back. And um, but yeah, all those guys, man, it was a, it was a cool time. They were legit rock stars. Like watching that doc- – I remember them being huge, but watching that documentary, I'm like, oh, my God. They were lining up for blocks just to, just to see them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was wild. It was a wild 
crazy four years. I so mean, would they win two championships when you were there? They won. Yeah. So I, I had left the second one. I was already gone, but I mean, I was, it was only a year out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, I'm still here. And basketball uh, won it when you were there too, right? Joe Kim, won, won oh my God. They won it twice when I was there. That's wild. Yeah. While you're there too, your baseball team, you guys did all right. You went to Omaha. How great is that world series experience going to Omaha? Incredible. Incredible experience. Um, you know, I always tell people, hey, if you got kids or whatever, and you love baseball, go out to the College World Series. Such a cool experience. Um, yeah, it's really, really a great experience. I actually checked out the roster. You guys, which shocked me, Darren O'Day, how many other major league players were on that team? I can't remember, just you guys, right? Just me and him. It, I, I did a quick look. You texted me, like, hey, I'll be on at five. I'm like, let me see who's on that roster. I'm like, that can't be just two dudes. How is yeah. that possible? That was it. And he was probably the least likely to, to right. really get there. I mean, Darren's story is fascinating. Darren was a walk-on or tried to walk on his freshman year. They cut him. Comes back the next year to walk on. He makes the team. They said they're only going to make the team if you start throwing sidearm. So he starts throwing sidearm because over the top, he was only throwing 91, 92. It doesn't really cut it, you know, as a righty. So he drops down, and he's still throwing 90, 91. I mean, the guy was going to school to be a vet, and here he plays 12 years in the big leagues. Holy and shit. And an obscene amount of money. Just being <laughs> a reliever. After the World Series, you get drafted again for the second time. Now it's getting ridiculous. This yeah. time by the Red Sox. Yeah. I love. I always love this about yourself. Because you bet on yourself. You're like, yeah, I'm coming back. You bet yeah. 400, like player of the year. You do all that stuff. You knew you'd come back senior year and you were going to just bowl out? Yeah, so what happened was, so that, that sophomore year was the year we went to the College World Series. Mm-hmm. You know, I lead the country in home runs, first team All-American, you know, SEC player of the year, like all that. I get hurt my junior year. Right, going into my junior year, everybody's like, "Oh, you're going to be a top five pick," you know, no doubt. And I go into my junior year, I blow out my oblique. I kind of rush to come back because I'm like, "I'm not going to sit out. I'm going to get out here and play. I'm a stud," and I sucked really. I ended up hitting 250, you know, 14 home runs. I still only had like 120 at bats, but it just wasn't good, right? And so now it's teams are able to take advantage of that and yeah. Go, they're buying yeah. you low, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to pay you what you, you're not going to give you the three or four or five million dollars you were going to get. We're going to give you a million. We're going to give you five hundred thousand or eight hundred. And teams would call, you know, before the draft. Hey, what if we take you in the supplemental first? It's like, not if you're going to pay me nine hundred thousand. And so the Red Sox picked me in the fourteenth round. Said, hey, go play in the Cape, get better. Um, and come do a workout with us and we'll go from there. I said, all right, no problem. So go play in the Cape, have a great summer in the Cape, you know, Cape all-star, all the fun stuff. Um, go do a workout with the Red Sox. I got, it's just me and big poppy taking batting practice with Tico <laughs> behind us. It's sick. You know, it just hitting both of us just teeing off and batting practice at Fenway park. And so I come back. Cape's over. I, uh, you know, I get ready to 
you know, go back to school, but I don't, so it works. If you step back on campus and go into your class, you can't, you're, you can't sign you or you couldn't sign your contract. Okay. Just sign your pro contract. So everybody at UF thought I was coming back and I'm still sitting here trying to figure out are the Red Sox going to pay me. You know, they got the money. Yeah, with big poppy. How you, you know, yeah, yeah you're going to pay me. So, so I missed my first class of school that year and everybody's blown. Hey, you committed to come back. Why aren't you in class? I'm like freaking out. So I said, all right, I called my agent, you know, Scott Boris. I said, Scott, what's the game plan? What do we, have we heard from the Red Sox? What are we going to do? He goes, he calls him. He goes, he calls me back and he says, Hey, the Red Sox aren't going to pay you more than what they paid Daniel Bard. So Daniel Bard was their first pick that year. They paid him like one, two. I said, okay, let me call you right back. Let me think about it. I went up to my room. I just kind of sat there and just thought for a minute. It was like, I'm going back. Wow. I'm going back to school. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to show these people, you know, what I can do. And people are like, oh, you're crazy. You know, I already made a decision. Oh, you're crazy. You're nuts. You're greedy. You're this, you're that. I'm like, no, I know that my power, there's nobody that has my kind of power. Mm-hmm. I've just bet on myself. And so that I went back. And it was actually one of the best, obviously, stats-wise, one of the best years. Of course. But just one of those just very freeing year. I was just like, whatever, man. Whatever happens, happens. I know I'm going to just go out. I'm going to work hard. And I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. You that stayed was- healthy that year. And like we said, had insane numbers. Were you checking mocks throughout the year? Be honest. Do you check mocks? Uh, like, really? I didn't, man. I just really was like in a different mindset. I was like, it doesn't really... It doesn't matter. The draft doesn't matter. My goal is to get to the big leagues. I'm going to put in the work every day. I'm going to focus every day, get better. I just, it didn't, it didn't matter. I mean, yeah, I, and yeah, I just was focused on the craft, focused on just preparing to get to the big leagues. And so it was interesting. So the Brewers ended up drafting me. But one of my good friends, my college roommate, his family owns uh, International Diamond Center down here in Tampa. You know, they're big, I don't know, 15 stores here. Huge. And, you know, his father asked, hey, you guys want to go out to Vegas? They had a big diamond show um, out there. I was like, yeah, let's go. I'm in. And they're like, yeah, okay. So we all went out to Vegas and just just hung out, you, you know, for while they did their uh, diamond show and everything. And. I get a call from my agent. Hey, Matt, you know, the Brewers want you to come work, do a workout for them in Tampa. I'm like, man, I just left Tampa. (laughs) And, you know, mind you, I've done several of these workouts in the past. I've done them for the Rays, the Cardinals, several other teams. Nothing ever, you know, came to from it. It was kind of like, it was kind of a waste, you know. And I was like, man, I'm not coming down there to do this. Like, no, I think you really should. You know, they want to see if you can play the outfield and they got their outfield coordinator and all that. I'm like, oh, I reluctantly went. It's like, all right. So I went, had an unbelievable workout, did that deal. And I flew back out to Vegas. And then we went to, you know, we ended up going to Beverly Hills for some other, you know, from my buddy's father's work and stuff. So we went to Beverly Hills, hung out there. And the, the morning or the, the morning of the draft, 
um, you know, my, my agent calls me and say, Hey, you know, the, the, the brewers like you at, at seven, you know, would you, you like playing the outfield? I was like, yeah, that'd be great. You know? And they're like, he's like, uh, you know, the reason they want you to play the outfield is because they got Prince at first. They got mm-hmm. Ryan Braun third. They need a left fielder. I'm like, great. Sounds good. You know, I'm not getting my hopes up because I've gotten my hopes up all oh. drafts. I'm like, I, you know, whatever happens. And I'm sitting there. It, it was, a, I mean, I'm like sitting there in my gym shorts. We just got done eating, you, you know, like our bagels and locks, you know, just typical Beverly Hills type breakfast or whatever. Here comes the draft. Here comes the seventh pick. Are, are you watching? Are you watching it? Yeah, yeah, I'm watching okay, it. Okay. Like, yeah, let's watch it. The Brewers select Matt Laporta at seven. I was like, what? My buddy wow. and I looked at each other. Just we couldn't. We were just we couldn't believe it. And uh, bro, that's wild. That was crazy. It was crazy. It was. Yeah, it was. It was a crazy uh, trivia draft. question. Who went number one in that draft? David Price. Very very good. Now the internet never lies. Everything you read on the internet is true. So you became a millionaire that day. I saw your signing bonus. Yeah. What was your first big purchase or your first dumb purchase? You can be honest. You know, I was not a person that did dumb purchases because I was always like, well, here's the other thing. So I got hurt my junior year yeah. and I decided to go back to school. I was like, crap, I got to figure out how do I make money as a, as a, Normal as a civilian, as a civilian, as a civilian yeah. you know, how do I make money? <laughs> well, what do you do? I got to say, what do I, you know, all these things start running through my head. So I'm starting to read all these finance books and wow. all that stuff because I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. I went four years of school and played baseball. So I didn't do, I didn't really do anything with the money. I mean, I drove old car, like I had, I drove my high school Mustang that I had till I had 150,000 miles on it. Then we had a forerunner that had another 140,000. Like we just didn't buy, buy that stuff. I would say probably the biggest purchase I did, I bought a, we bought a house on the beach in Indian rocks beach is, which is over by Clearwater. Yeah. Um, and that was probably the biggest purchase probably at 22, not the, it didn't hurt me, but it was like, what are you doing? This is like a house for like old people, man. And I, you know, just, I didn't know. I, I, I could have lived anywhere I wanted. I could have lived anywhere in Tampa yeah. and I bought this house in the water, which was epic, but it served very little purpose. Florida dude, you go to like Montana. How's that changed when you're a minor league guy going to Montana? It was, I mean, it was a unique, it, it was a different experience. I mean, now, you, you know, you're, you, we have a host family and it was like two of us in a room. So Jonathan LaCroix, I don't know if you remember the name. Uh, of course, I, of course. He got the same draft as you, wasn't it? He was the second pick. Yeah. So we're rooming together in this lady's house. Every time one of us would move in our prospective beds, it would squeak, man. I'm like, oh my god, I'm never gonna fall asleep here. And I'd I'd yell at him. He'd yell at me. Stop moving. Stop moving. Uh, but it was just a different experience, you know. You don't know. I mean, you're going. A lot of the kids were high school kids. Yeah. Um, 
you're in a different part of the world that you've never really been into. I mean, you, you, you know, small little towns, little Western bars. Um, I was only there. I don't know why they even sent me there. I mean, I was there a week and then they, they sent me out. So, um, but yeah, di- different experience. You played with him, Jed Lowry, Michael Brantley, uh, Lorenzo Kane. Any other stud players you either played with or played against that you played? You're like, oh, this guy's on a different level. Oh, man. You know, it. I was kind of – in a lot of ways, I didn't – you know, I guess I compared people to what I did and who I was. And, and there was a lot of players that – I mean, we played with – so on my double-A team – Michael Brantley led off. Alcides Escobar was our second baseman, our shortstop. He was he was set his second. Um, Matt Gamble hit third, and he he was a good hitter. He just was a little he had some other issues. Uh, and then you know I hit fourth. I mean our team collectively. We had Martin Maldonado hit like fifth or sixth. That's a stacked lineup. Yeah, dude, this is all double A. Um, Cole Gillespie was like seventh or eighth. Like he made it to the big leagues. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Carlos Corporan was our backup catcher. He ended up playing in the big leagues. I mean, we had an unbelievable team. But to the All Star break, we 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 were hitting three hundred. We were hitting three hundred to the All Star break. I had 22 home runs before oh the All-Star break. I mean, we were stacked and we raked. Nobody, I mean, we were just thumping teams. It was it was awesome. And then to answer your question, the only guy that I faced in double that year in double A, where I was like, this dude is different, was Clayton Kershaw. All right, all right. I was like, this cat. I mean, we're mowing people down. Yeah, and he just comes in at another level. He's shutting us down. And, I mean, I'll never forget. I'm facing him the first night. Whatever. I take a strike. Okay. He has this nasty slider. Swing at that. And then he quick pitches me. And, you know, he's throwing 96, 97, and he quick pitches me. Like slide steps. This ball was on me so fast, and I swung at it. I, I had to have taken it out of the catcher's glove, and if there was the guy sitting in the other batter's box, I would have killed him. That's how late I was on this ball. I was like, okay, timeout. All right, if he throws a slider, you got to spit on it because you're never going to hit it, and he's not throwing it for a strike right now. Now in the big leagues, he's been throwing it for a strike, right? And then if he slide steps, just take because your timing's not going to – you got wow. nothing shot. I was like, this dude's, this dude's for real. Everybody else I ever faced, uh, that just always stands out to me. You were in the minors for a couple of years. How about what's the best or worst promotion? Because sometimes they have some wacky-ass promotions. What's the one of the weirdest promotions you had in the minor leagues? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I didn't have any cra- – I, I, you know, I can't think of it other than the 25-cent beer nights and 25-cent hot dog nights and – you get everybody all drunk in the outfield and you're playing the outfield. I mean, these people are wearing you out just nonstop about whatever. I always like asking this to players, especially a guy like you, first round pick spring training. Oh, eight, you're bowling out mid season. You get traded 
for CC, which is a huge, huge deal. I remember that's all over sports parents everywhere. You're such a high draft pick. How do you deal with that? Like starting over, like, wow, I was going to be one of the foundation guys here, the bedrock guys. Was that difficult for you to deal with at a young age? No, no. I mean, you knew, I think, you knew the business of the game already. Yeah, I think it was all part of the game. I think ultimately I probably would have preferred to stay in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee's a much easier park to hit in. You know, the, the core group of guys were all, we were all about the same age, you know, um, I love the hitting coach in Milwaukee that I had. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, it was just you, you knew it's part of the it's part of the game, and you know, I think sometimes I, I you put pressure on yourself as an athlete, but there was a lot of pressure coming into Cleveland, like oh, this guy's going to be the savior, yeah. And uh, you know, that just wasn't unfortunately that wasn't the case, um, but. Yeah. It, overall, though, it wasn't, you know, there might have been a little bit of a target on your back now, even more so, right? Yeah, you get the first round target. Now you got this large trade target, too. Before you got called to the show, you went to the Olympics in 08 in Beijing, right? Correct. Were you there for the opening ceremonies? Was that the Ralph Lauren polo outfits? Yeah, that's right. Where is that outfit now? Please tell me you still have it. Please don't still tell me you it. got rid of it. No, no, no. It's in my closet. Do you ever rock it? I just had on a uh, Saddam Ali. He's a he's a USA boxer, and we we were just talking about the 08 Olympics. So it's random. He was telling me about the. I'm like, wow, I remember those. How yeah. was that opening ceremony? He's like, bro, it lasted forever. So long, <laughs> so long. I mean, well, they put you in this holding room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you're in there with all the USA athletes. I mean, it was. You're in there with some phenomenal athletes. I mean. You got photos with me and Kobe and Chris Bosch and D Wade and all these guys. Um, Who Serena was it? Michael Phelps, Serena. There's some heavy hitters there. Ryan Lochte, uh, President Bush was in there. Oh I mean, it God. was Mike Shashevsky. I mean, it was insane. And so then you go do the walkout, but I mean, it was a long deal. In the walk, you have this long you know, line before you even get to the stadium. It was crazy. That outfit, I remember those outfits. And I remember it was like a cardigan, whatever sweater it was, went on, it was like $700. I'm like, cause it looked dope. And I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to buy that. <laughs> yeah. I still have, I still have the jacket. Um, I still got a bunch of that stuff all, all in storage. Oh nine. Where were you when you get the cold that you go into the show? Where was I? I want to say Durham, maybe. Okay. And how's it happen? They bring you in the, the office, you get a call, how did it work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the game finished and they brought me in the office and said, hey, you're going up. I was like, oh my gosh. You know, and I mean, you know, I changed and start walking out and call my parents and go, man, you know, I'm crying. Hey, we're going to the big leagues. Like, find a way to get to, find a way to get to Detroit. And so next, uh, you know, next morning, I'm on a flight to Detroit to. Now, let me ask you this, Matt. You go into the locker room in Detroit. You got Grady Sizemore, Victor Martinez, Cliff Lee. And you weren't the minor leagues. You know, you weren't, you didn't have a lot of spring train time with these guys. You don't know. You go around introducing yourself. Um, I mean, I didn't, I probably didn't make a point to go around and introduce myself. I mean, right. I was walking in like. Uh, hey guys, how you doing? You know, just 
that way. Um, and then also, every, you know, everybody knew who I was coming in. And so the veterans and stuff would come up and say, hey, hi, you know, and yeah, just catch up and stuff. Any rookie hazing you had to do? <laughs> um, only a couple times. Nothing crazy, actually. So one year in spring training, actually, yeah, because I did have a spring training bef- with them mm-hmm. camp before I got called up. And so Kerry Wood was on our team. And I used to, you know, I, I don't know. He just always, I, I love Kerry. I thought he was great. But he would want to, he'd always wear me out about anything, right? So I come in the locker room one morning, change, I leave, go do my workout. And I come back at the end of practice my stuff is like all hanging from the ceiling rafters jeans (laughs) shoes are tied up i'm like come on man um and then you know we had our the the real like our normal rookie hazing deal where we had to we were at boston they dressed us up and uh you know we they paraded us around they dressed me up in a bikini (laughs) with zinc on my nose and we parade around, you know, the bars right there around the park. We walk in and walk out. It was borderline humiliating, but you know, it was, it was so, it was fun. First hit, first home run off who? First hit and home run was mm-hmm. off Brian Tallett, uh of the Blue Jays. Did you get the ball? Yes. Is it displayed or is it in a box somewhere? In a box. Oh, come on. <laughs> in a box. I know. I know. It's it's really sad. I've got all this nice stuff. Like, yeah. i got so much nice mem- memorabilia. I've got my bronze medal sitting in a drawer. Like. It's it, crazy. It really is crazy. I know. Tell me about it. Like, I just, I got four kids. I got, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I need to. I mean, I've got my USA jersey. I wanted to make a big USA jersey with the batting gloves in it and put the put the bronze medal in there. Which would just, be the sickest display ever, really. I put it up somewhere, and I just never done it. You know. From all the way back to early college, you dealt with injuries on and off. Mentally, how do you deal with that stuff? Especially going back to the University of Florida. Like, how do you just deal with that, like, stud player, balling out injury? Big leagues, injuries. How mentally do you deal with that? Because that always fascinates me with you major league guys. You guys can just handle that. How do you do that? Uh, The college ones were easier than the big league ones. Wow, okay. Big league ones, you know, you're fighting for a spot. Every day there's somebody behind you that wants to come and get your spot. So when you're hurt, right, you're taking away time from you all on the field, right? And you see these guys that hit 30 home runs plus 40 doubles, 80, 90, 100 RBIs. They don't get hurt. They, they play 150 games a year, you know? And so, so when you get hurt, you kind of start feeling this pressure of like, crap, I got to get back out there, especially as a young ball player. I got to yeah. get back I gotta, I gotta make up for some lost time sometimes, and then, depending on the injury, you know, for me, which was hip surgeries, you know, once you kind of have 
let's just say you go into the big leagues. I'm a hundred percent. I have this hip surgery. Maybe I'm a 95% at what Matt used to be. So now you have to figure out, okay, that's my new norm. And so with each kind of big injury, you start getting a little bit of that deducted. And so that starts playing in your mind. Like, man, I'm not the same player. And sometimes you can start to compensate in different ways. And then again, if you're playing through pain, it's, it's tough, man. The game's tough. It's tough mentally and physically. It's not just the mental game. You went down and played the Mexican league also, right? (laughs) I did. Because Bruce Maxwell was just on. He's like, bro, I love it down there. It's wild. It's like every game is a soccer game. How was your experience down there? Did you enjoy it? Was it wild? (laughs) Yeah. You know what's funny about that is I can remember coming up and going, man, I can't believe these dudes would go play over there in Mexico. Like your career's washed up, buddy. Just hang them up. Don't, what are you doing? And in 2014, you know, the Orioles uh, designated me. And I mean, I was at home for, uh, God, a month. I was like, what am I going to do? Because I didn't really play much in 13. Mm-hmm. I'd play, get hurt, play, get hurt, rehab, all that deal. And so you're sitting at home I'm like, crap, is it over? And all I was hoping was just to get to Japan and go play. And I couldn't even do that. So this Mexican team called me. Hey, you want to come down here and play in Campeche? I'm like, look at my wife. I go, ah, you know, I've worked out all off season. My hip still hurts, but yeah, maybe I can go play well enough and and go get signed over in Japan or Korea for mm-hmm. a couple million bucks or something. And so again, I haven't picked up a bat in like a month. I go down to Mexico. First game I'm there. I'm like four for four with two homers and two doubles. I'm like, this is a joke. What am I doing? And, but it was such a unique experience that I'm extremely grateful for because, and I say that because the guys, you know, there's not a lot of Mexican ball players Mm -hmm. in the big leagues. And, the guys were just enamored with guys that were played in the big leagues and, you know, they would have on their TVs. Now, mind you, these locker rooms didn't have air conditioning. Everybody's smoking. Showers are cold. No hot shower. Not that you would want one. It's hot anyway. Yeah. Down. Humid. Toilet stalls. There's no doors. There's no toilet seats. It's just a whole different ball game than you're used to. So you're dealing with that. And, but these guys are just, they're fascinated watching guys play in the big leagues on the TV. And it just gave me a greater respect for the game, for people that play it. And it really was almost like me being brought back to when I was a kid and watching it. And uh, it was a cool experience. You know, I hated that my career ended that way, but Uh I'm so grateful that I got to experience it that way. And, but it is, it is like a soccer game. They're betting on everything every yeah. night. Beers, I mean, you could walk over, hey, give me give me a beer. I mean, in the middle of the game, like as a player, hey, I'll take a beer. Ah. It's nuts. I've never seen anything like it. Guy smoking heaters in the dugout. I, you know, crazy, man. So great experience. Um, never had anything bad over there happen. Um, 
yeah, people were always kind. We went to, I remember one day we went to this thing called La Feria, which is like their fair. Okay. We were the only, me and um, uh, Josh Fields. I don't remember if you made the quarter, I, I, yes, quarterback yes, yes, of yes. Oklahoma State. Yep. And, yep. So me and him were um, like roommates and stuff. And so we went to this La Feria, this fair. We're rolling around. We're the only two white dudes there. Like we were fish out of water. Like people could tell, but it's all good. Everybody's kind. But what was interesting about it is, I mean, you had straight up like, I don't know, army guards, army people sitting in trucks with big guns and just rounds of ammo. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. And I was like, what are we doing? It was it was crazy, but that was that was the extent of any craziness in in Mexico. In my profession, I can retire in tw- at twenty years, so I'm forty one. I can retire now. You retired at twenty nine thirty, which is a whole that's a whole decade earlier. How do you deal with that process? Oh, buddy, yeah, I'm, I probably say you know at times I still deal with it. Right? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's tough. Um. And, you know, that's actually a passion of mine is working with working with guys and players and athletes that have gone that their careers are over, man. Is that the Now Up Foundation? So that was what it was going to be. Yeah. Okay. And I never really just never really got off the ground. Um, yeah, I just never really quite got off the ground. So now I just kind of do it one off here and there. And actually, you know, I. I one of these days, I, I, I've said it probably for five years now, is I want to start hosting my own podcast. That was actually my next question. I have a buddy that kind of helps me do research, and he's like, bro, he's starting a podcast. So why are you going to get on that? Yeah, again, I've been saying that for five years, so I don't know. <laughs> right? But but I feel like there's this just niche of people that need to be heard. And I, I, I mean, I dude, I've struggled after i came out like it was tough i mean i there was times where i mean i would tell my wife man i feel like i used to live life at a 10 out of 10 and now i feel like i live life at a two out of 10 and she's like your life is boring i'm like yes life is boring right now i mean i still got and i got four kids yeah and i'm like just life is just boring there's no excitement there's no and i would almost find myself at different times like picking arguments with my wife just to just to feel a little alive yeah like feel like to raise your uh like your excitement because like you're kind of in a rut like there's no like there's no uh the roller coaster of emotions which is yeah of a game and something right yeah and you know i remember you know at times feeling like i'm in this black hole and there's no door and there's no way out and it's like it, it was tough man it's tough that's heavy. And you know what? People don't realize it because it's very easy. To be like, oh, look at Judge. He's been there for a few years. And Jeter have been doing it for 20 years. You go on Baseball Reference and just click on the letter P, whatever. And you'll see a player who played just 2012 or 2011-12. So they you know, put their whole career, went to the league for only a year or two. And now what they're doing. So there's a plethora of people that people just forget about so easily, man. That, that might, That's heavy, man. Well, it's tough. I, you know, I think – and, you know, you know – I think people talking about more mental awareness or uh, I don't know what they call it, but the min- mental part of. Yeah. Like mental well-being. Mental well-being. Like, you know, I don't think people 
it's tough as athletes to talk about it. It's tough as athletes to talk about. Yeah, I've had, you know, you've been at the top. It's tough to say, oh, I've had whatever suicidal thoughts. Of course. It's tough to say life sucks. You know, I don't have it figured out. Um, and, and, you know, especially now, right? Like social media doesn't do any justice for any oh, of these no. guys because it's like, oh man, so-and-so is already doing this and we're the same, eh? And, nah, nah, nah. and it's like, man, you don't understand. That guy's been out of school for 10 years doing work. You've been out of the game for a year, two years. It takes time. You have to evolve into who you're going to be in kind of the, the business world. And so I, I have a passion for that. I just haven't got, uh, you know, I, it's actually funny when I, I did start one. I just want to back up. Probably like in 2015, 2016, I started talking with people about the transition after the game. I mean, I've got probably like 20, you know, like this, you know, mm -hmm. video recording, voice recordings that um, I have. And I never really did anything with it just because I just never did. But that, that's a that's a pocket where I just feel for people that are transitioning out, whatever it is like you'll, you'll when you retire. You're going to feel some of that. Oh, I know. I, I talk to guys who do it now. And like, listen, the difference is, and this is like just real talk. If you talk to a person who doesn't deal with a job where it's kind of like, you know, maybe up on a different level sometimes. People look up to you a little bit. People are like, bro, Matt Laporte is going to complain. He's playing with Poppy. He's doing this. He's hitting against Hershaw. But you, that goes away. And, that, and that's your identity. So like, yeah. if I retire, like your identity is you worked for the police department for 22 years as a detective. That's not no, – no more. You're Mike the civilian now. Go – yeah, I talk to people like, dude, it's heavy when you're 42. I'm like, all right, that's it, you're done. Thanks. Yeah, you're, you're, weird, you know, man. yeah. I mean, I it's like you get out and you feel like you're this nobody. Like military people, you're a civilian now. That's it. You're same, that's it. Yeah, they're the Ooh. same the same group of people that you know resonate with. I mean, I've got friends that are seals, and I mean, just yeah, absolutely. Now they've got a whole different bag of issues they have to work through. Mm -hmm. But on top of those, they still have the same transition issues, like. Life is boring. What do I do now? Like this is why guys go to gambling. That's why guys end up being you, you know alcoholics or that rush. Yeah, they're looking for that adrenaline rush that only sports, only you, you know that live no action. Yeah, live action. Like <clears throat> something is on the line here that's very meaningful. My life, my contract, my whatever. You, you know, it's you don't find a lot of careers like that and so anyway that that's that's a i'd say it's a passion project of mine it's just i mean i'm actually talking with a kid right now that he's gonna come over to the house tomorrow he's like man just got out of the game <clears throat> he's like i'm working at an insurance company doing cold calls i'm making 200 cold calls a day he's like it sucks yeah you know and i'm like yeah i get it bro it sucks it's not fun but you're still doing pretty cool things. I went on your Instagram yeah. and like I saw you with some rubber gloves at the Hall of Fame. So you're still oh, – yeah. what, what were you doing there? Because like I was trying – because that guy Josh, the president, he was just on the show. He's a great dude. But I saw you with rubber gloves on. You were hold, What were you holding? Because you were holding – it looks like you had some, some cool-ass memorabilia. Yeah, so the batting gloves that you saw were my batting gloves. Those are my batting gloves. Wow. In, okay. the, or in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so what happened – so <clears throat> I'm I'm pretty tight with Fred McGriff. Okay. We go, we go golfing all the time. And so he, uh, you know, he invited me to come to the Hall of Fame when he just got in this year. So we went in, you know, as his guest and stuff and unbelievable experience. 
but I took my boys. So I took my boys and my, I've got twin boys that are nine. And I took my dad. So okay. all four of us went And the last day there, we're going to go do the hall of fame deal. So we go to the hall of fame and I was like, yeah, I wonder if they got my batting gloves. Cause they were the batting gloves from the Olympics. So I was like, I wonder if they got my batting gloves from the Olympics. Let me just, let me ask the guy that run, you know, whatever. I asked an, an usher. I said, hey, you know, whatever his name was. Hey, Dan, Dave. Hey, I got a pair of batting gloves, you know, in, in here. My name's Matt Laporta. I go, is there any way anybody could help me find them or point me where they're at? Guy goes, well, go walk around. Let me go see what I can do. Go walk around. 15 minutes later, the guy that runs, um, Jason is his name. I think the, the hall of fame baseball, the, the museum comes and finds me. He's like, Hey, I got everything. I got your batting gloves. I got this private room for y'all with some other cool memorabilia. Come on up. Like, all right, let's do it. My dad's freaking out though. You know, my dad's like a kid in a candy store. Well, how can he not be? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's my, my boys don't quite know everything, you know? And, and so we go up and, uh, I mean, we got this room. We we've got, uh, I can't remember what pair of Derek Jeter batting gloves they were from, but they were DJ's gloves then you had Ty Cobb, Ty Cobb's uh, fielding glove. Come on, uh, Willie Mays is bat. You know, and I've got uh, Mickey Mantle's jersey, and then I had Ted Williams' jersey. I mean, it was in Roberto Clemente's hat or something. Holy shit! All in this one room. So if you go back and look at that photo, you'll see all those things in that in that room. But the red batting gloves are my batting gloves from the Olympics. So that's, that's what, unbelievable. Yeah. What plaque did you want to see first? Was there a plaque you wanted to go run and see? No, I, uh, no, I just was taking it all in. I mean, I think probably we, we all tried to go see Babe Ruth first. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then my boys wanted to go see King Griffey because we watched the home run derby that was in Seattle this year. And King Griffey was all over because he's a Seattle boy. And, you know, my boys, and then we got to meet him. Uh, the night really? we got there, we went and had dinner and like the table next to us, you've got Griffey, Jeter, Chipper Jones eating dinner. And I was like, dude, we're going to, I'm going to go introduce you to all these guys. And so I took my boys over, introduced them and they're like, oh my God. So uh, that was cool, man. And then obviously the last day when we went in, we were able to see uh, the crime dogs plaque and get his done that is awesome yeah let me ask you this one i'm on ebay right now i just checked what is the most expensive matt laporta card on ebay right now you can be blown away um i have no 100 100 bucks 2007 bowman refractor 675 dollars really yeah and like this 11 people have it like saved that's oh. wild right it's wild L let me ask you a question i'm not a baseball card collector but because I just actually scrolled right now. Yeah. They're like these dual and triple signature cards. It's you and Max Scherzer, David Price, Hunter Pence. How's that signing process go? Do you just sit down in front of a, a – you have a stack of cards all day just signing? Yeah, depending on those, I'd have to see. But, like, a lot of times it's you, – you're filling out these – you're basically – you're not signing the card. You're signing these little paper – Like inserts they're going to put in there that they put the card over top of. Okay, okay, okay. That's, that's how, it, that's typically how it goes when you're matched up like that.
back to Florida. What school did you love beating the most? Probably Florida State. <laughs> Especially because they didn't offer you. Yeah. So, yeah, Florida State was one that we, like, beaten. Um, I mean, Miami. I like beating Miami, too. But Florida State was probably the one we, like, beating the most. Is the, what... is the dopest, sickest thing that Georgia football uh... – Football game, the world's largest uh, outdoor cocktail party. Is that just the greatest party there is? Yeah, it's kind of mayhem. It, okay. It's, it's maybe a little too much. It's a little too much. And it's uh, like Mardi Gras, probably. Like every, too yeah, many people do it. It's wild, dude. They, you know, you go to the landing. I mean, you can't, you can't walk. You're like, you know, everybody's there and it's, and everybody's sloppy drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Most people are sloppy drunk. And it's just, it's a bit, like, I think I only went my freshman year to the landing. And then you're like, I'm good. I'm good. That's too much. Um, but that, that, that's a fun place. I mean, it's a, and then, you know, the game is, the game is at a big NFL stadium. So it's not the quite, quite the same vibe. You, I you, wish they would just do home and away. Yeah, you lose the allure of that home stadium. Yeah, I, I wish they'd do the home and away. I mean, one between the hedges in Georgia and the one in Gainesville, I think the that swamp. Would, oh, my God. Epic. Let, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I have so many baseball guys on, and a lot of them aren't still fans of the game. You still a fan of the game? Do you watch it appointment watching, or if you're bored, you'll throw it on? Yeah, you know, I, I think first few years, yeah, it was tough for me. Oh, it has to be, yeah. Oh, it was really tough because I think in my mind, I always envisioned myself being a perennial all-star, mm -hmm. you know, you, you know, I think you'd be crazy not to think that, Hey, I'm, if I have a good career, these things could happen, you know, signing a you know, big mega contract. Um, and so when those things didn't happen, um, it was, it was tough, right? Like, you're like, God, I, I, I should mentally, I'm like, I still should be out there. Yeah. But obviously physically, because of my hip, I I couldn't compete with these guys, man. The guys are too good. So it was tough for a few years. Probably the last you know, last few years, I've gotten into it a little bit more. My boys are starting to play a little more. So that's more fun, getting to do it with them, going to watch games. Um, you know, we like to go to – we like to go up to Gainesville and watch the Gators play up there. So we've gotten into it a little more. I mean, I think when I first came out, I, I I really thought hard and long about going in to be working my way up to be a GM. Yeah. Cause I still, I, I love the game. I just, it was hard for me to watch the game. Um, you know, but, but being a GM, I thought, always thought would have been a, a great, yeah, been a great second, second career in baseball. Right. Um, the challenge with that was just we had four young kids and you know, you gotta you gotta put in your dues, you gotta work hard. You one year you might be in Tampa, the next year in Atlanta, the next year in Texas, then Seattle, then maybe you land a job, some you know, a GM job or something, but you're moving around. And it's tough on a family. Are you ready to finish up with some quick hit questions? Yeah, man. You and I are at a bar here in New York City. You wanna impress everyone in the bar. Who's the coolest cat in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you back? So I'm asking you to name drop right now. Oh, man. That's a – I mean, that's a good one. I mean, I would have to say – I'd probably have to say – I mean, I know he's older, but 
from McGriff. McGriff's a good answer. He's a Hall of Famer. That's a real. He's that's a, a good Hall, answer. He's a Hall of Famer. That's you know, a very good answer. Yeah, I mean, and we're going to talk trash back and forth, you, you know. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say that probably. One sporting event in history, any sport that you wish you could sit front row to have watched. Ooh, like just any event, or... any event in the history of sports, you could have been front row. I, that 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 night. What is it? Nineteen eighty-five hockey game, the Miracle on Ice. 1980 Olympics. I, I get Miracle on Ice a lot. That's a good answer. I get that a lot. That's one of the most, like the four or five most common ones people wanted. I think that would have been a fun one. In Lake Placid. That's a good answer. Yeah. Even though it's all in boxes, what's the coolest piece of memorabilia that you own? Uh, probably my bronze medal. Yeah, that's dope. That's really dope. 2 a.m., you have like five beers. You come home. What's your go-to late snack, late night snack you want to just eat? It depends what's in the fridge. If there's pizza in the fridge, I'm getting some pizza. I promise you that. If it's not, I'm probably getting some gummy bears, some kid, my kids' gummy bears. Last show you binged watched? Mm, probably Ted Lasso. Okay, great show. I didn't love the ending. Great show, though. Yeah, the ending was tough. And how about this one? And you see, this is going to be different because you were just at the Hall of Fame. Last time that Matt Laporta asked someone for an autograph or a picture? Oh, gosh. I don't – I mean, actually, you know what? I, I I was at the Hall of Fame, Pete Rose. That's a good answer. So you saw Pete, you got an autograph or a picture or both? Both. Yeah, I mean, it was more for my kids. Of course, yeah. of course. They uh, – and my dad. my You know, because my dad's older, he grew up kind of watching Pete Rose and all that. And so – but I typically don't ask for pictures. I don't know why. You know, I just don't want to invade people's privacy. But I'm like – anyway. It's Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Bro, this was a blast, man. I'm glad you did it. I hope you come up to New York or I'll link up with you. I'm in Florida, man. Thanks for doing yeah. this, man. I had a real good time. Thanks for opening up, bro. Great stories and going down the the highs and lows of baseball, bro. This is so much fun. Yeah. I'll, I'll ping you, man, if I come up to New York. I've got to go up there a couple times a year. So you know, I'll ping you and we'll go grab a beer or something. Bro, I'll talk to you soon, my man. Thank you. All right, Mike. Thanks, man. Have a be, good one. Be good, Matt. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 